Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. This is where we level up inside and outside the virtual arena. We do that by talking about topics and having guests in the show that I think need to have a light shine on them. Uh, today's guest is no stranger to the show. He's been here several times. He is the one of the moderators for the R Street Fighter subreddit. He's the TO for the online locals for the aptly named Street Fighter uh, Reddit uh, tournaments. And then he's also the author of Geef's Gym, one of the best ways, in my opinion, to learn Street Fighter V and uh, other fighting games as well. There's a lot of uh, practices in there that you guys can really learn and, and grow from. But yeah, Joe, Monday, welcome back to the show. Hi, it's uh, great to be back. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, we're all in lockdown. You know, there's not much to do. We can't really go outside and, and do our locals yeah. anymore. So the next best thing is doing online tournaments. Uh, I've been hosting my own, and that's been, like, great. Uh, but I, I knew you've been doing yours for a long time, uh, longer than, I think, even, like, what YouTube tracks. But, you know, I before we dig into the, the hows and the whys of, of YouTube, or the hows, the hows and the whats of, of hosting these tournaments, can you tell me a little bit about, like, why you started doing them in the first place, or who started them, and how you got the responsibility? So it all kind of started, I, we were just talking about before we started the show of, you know, when did all of this begin? I couldn't really name it, right? It was like mm -hmm. six, maybe seven-ish years ago, but it might even be before that because what we were doing originally wasn't even online tournaments. We were actually, uh, I was co-signed to, someone wanted to do, went by the name of Taco, who's an old mod from our SF4 days. So this was like back, Back when people were playing that game uh, and we were on a whole different subreddit at rsf4 uh, and so he was like let's do some some casual like wednesday night casual things and we're like okay cool like that sounds like a good idea and then like our casual lobby turned into this, like 16 people wanted to join so i was like well now if we want to stream these well we might need to run two streams so then i was like okay i'll get in on this and stream like the other side stream which reminds me that, like, I still think I have that channel of Reddit Fighting 2, which is hmm. the channel that somebody else had made to run a second stream. And then we had them both, like, picture and picture. It was a, it was like wild, like, to think about the stuff that we were doing back then that, like, seemingly to me is, like, more advanced than what we're doing now. But we'll get into that later. Um, but, and then that just turned into, well, there's too many people showing up for casuals, so let's just run a tournament. And it just kind of, once I started running tournaments, it's just every week since then, week after week, there's very few weeks where we've actually missed tournaments uh, over that six-ish, seven-ish year period. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Cool. So your tournaments have grown. Uh, you know, if you look on the website or on the YouTube channel, it says, you know, the largest Street Fighter tournament uh, online right now. Um, What's been your secret to success in, in growing those locals? So I saw this question and I'm, I'm thinking about it and, and mm. just, it's not one of those things where I don't know. I don't think I can say this is just me trying to be like, I don't know if I could say that it's grown because even like I can remember back uh, years and years ago where our entries have been kind of even at this they're a little bit pumped up right now because there's Pretty people big. just hung yeah hungry for uh for games it's consistently big but we've it's been like from anywhere in between like high 30s to like 80s over the last like five years i don't really ever remember dropping like that's like the range that it would be and it would vary from week to week depending on yeah like player availability and and who wants but i guess i could call it growth because i've seen so many people come in and out during that time so mm -hmm. i don't know if that's saying anything of some people have just stopped playing or it's just a new new breed of player that wants uh wants to play this game over another uh but it i don't know to me i i don't know i don't feel like i've i've grown it it's just that like it's just kind of been this big thing for so long that like mm. I, I've lost sight of what has changed from the week to week. It's when, when the scope is that large. Yeah. Uh, but I would say if anyone is like trying to look for advice on how to grow and maintain a community is be consistent of if you're going to do it one week, it has to be 
that day of the week, same time, same place, so that people can expect that event to happen on that day. Uh, and it gets people in the the schedule of, okay, I'm just going to slot out this time for, for this event so it's not changing from week to week. And the other part about that, and this kind of ties back into being consistent, is that you always have to put the players first. And like the players, it has to be player forward. It has to be a good experience for them, uh, which is why like we run our tournaments on Monday nights because the most people said, I'm available on Monday night. So we said, okay, that's that's a good day. Uh, there's usually not dropping of, of service on that day uh, for any of the services that we use, uh, which is like a whole other issue. Like, don't, by the way, don't try and run your, your PC tournament on a Tuesday because that's when Steam does like network updates. So mm. don't ever, don't ever schedule ah. it for that. <laughs> the blow up Tuesday is a real thing for a whole different reason uh, in that case. Uh, it's good to know. Uh, and then. Like I guess like avoid Wednesday because Wednesday night fights and NLBC run that night and it's just because like you want to pull those players in as well, uh, but that's just kind of another thing um, for how large those communities are. Mm -hmm. uh, but you always have to throw a tournament that is so focused on how the player can have a good experience at home alone, trying to compete in a tournament uh, mm -hmm. because it can be somewhat of like a even though you are playing with other people, it's not like going to a tournament because going to a tournament, you're surrounded by people. So like, how do you make it that social experience, but something that they would want to come back to instead of like, I was just sitting on my ass for like, uh, for five hours where they tried to figure out this match that was like three rounds ago. And I don't know. I I've heard like horror stories of, uh, of streams and tournaments trying to run, they're run through an online tournament and bracket and it's like they're streaming like every single match from like a top 32 and it's yeah. like yo <laughs> you're gonna be waiting so long you have to think <laughs> about the players who like not everyone's going to be like just want to like stay and watch the stream and be glued to the television set because it's like it just takes so long for them as a player. So they're going to be doing something else. It takes them out of the experience. Uh, and then when it's like, oh, I have to get my match now. Let me just pull out of this ranked match and play this tournament match, which like at that point, do they feel that there's a difference between the two? And you kind of have to give it that weight and give them the priority, give your players the priority so that they feel a need to want to come back, uh, yeah. that you've made their time valuable uh, or you've added value to their time. Or is some combination of those words. Anyway, no, you get that makes it. sense. That makes sense because <laughs> well, the way I, you know, if you think about it from a business standpoint, the the players are kind of the product, and but they're also in a way the customer. You know, they, they whether it's free or not, they're entering into some sort of service that you're providing, and then they're offering. You know, when you stream it, they're entertainment for the for the people watching. If you're making the players wait a super long time, but over exhausting the watcher, it's not fun for anybody. It seems like uh, I've learned this the hard way because I ran a Smash Bros tournament. And we wanted to do like all of top 16. I think it was the first tournament that we did. I don't know if you remember that, Max. But the first Smash Bros tournament we did, a lot of the higher ups wanted them all on stream, like all the top cut. And I was like, yeah, right, that okay. was rough. It was like a three hour top 16. <laughs> they wanted to run everyone. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of crazy. Uh, so no, to your so point, that rough. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, so rough. Because it just like the way that it is online, getting people on and through and connected to the same service to actually get in the lobby to play like there's that added step of communication to getting them to where they need to be like there's all these little tiny steps that add time to things that you wouldn't otherwise get in a live scenario where you have to be cognizant of those just cut as much as you can even if like maybe they want to be on stream and be highlighted well okay here's how you solve that problem it, or at least one possible solution just say hey uh, you're welcome. You're more than welcome to stream your own side of the tournament, and like, please at the like whoever we uh, are running this from or whatever account. Just to like, I know that I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but like bracket services that you can use, and this is true of. I think this will be true on Challenge. I know that this is true of uh, Smash GG. Is that you can have the players tie. Like just like additional information about player, you click on their name, and then it's like, this is their stream link. So like, make them mm. feel that like mm -hmm. you're val like, hey, like 
what you're doing is value for you too. So feel free to, to go and do that. And then as like your central hub of like whoever's running the tournament, say if you were running the tournament and you saw someone say, Hey, I'm running this side of, of my bracket, just like retweet that and be like, Hey, check it out because yeah, why not? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're just like, cause they're like, Hey, this is our, I'm having fun in this tournament. So like, please like go watch them play because they're tied as a player. They're valuable to watch. So it's, and again, it gives them like that support of like, hey, this tournament is supporting me and what I do. Like you said something earlier and I kind of want to loop back around to that of of having like the broadcast be something that you can like pitch or sell, which to me, that's that's really never been my specific goal. So maybe I'm I'm going to be a little bit biased on anything mm-hmm. that I have to bring to the table on this sure, because yeah, yeah. Because, like, there's, like, weird stuff around, like, how and if and when we can, like, accept money as something being tied to Reddit. Which is why, like, all of, like, the, the sub money goes to to players and and mm. doesn't touch, like, any of our bank accounts. Like, we can't, we can't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, it's one of those things where can you grow your your stream like what are you doing like differently like are you are you fast enough to pull the players in like and do you have stuff going on in between time because there's going to be so much more in between time that like what you're showing people has to be interesting if you want to maintain viewers which is like another harder weird thing to do when you have to think about it that way as like a producer of a stream but also like a broadcaster of the stream mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah, so no, I'm kind of like getting away from some what you oh, want to no, talk you're about. Fine, so let's get back, get back on track. So two things I want, I want your opinion on because um, you gave me a lot to think about as you always do. Uh, but oh, I want to go back. Yeah. To, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Uh, you talked about you know we talked about the secret to growing your your tournament and uh, to back mm. up a little bit. I do think there has been growth. Obviously the number hasn't changed, but you've had players coming in. You know it's been a revolving door because you always have fall off for sure. Um, yeah. But. Two, two things from my point of view, and I, I want your, your thoughts on this, that I think helped you grow. Uh, they're not really secrets, but you have ease of access, first off. Your, your, oh, yeah. your Discord channel is amazing. Uh, I don't know how much of it is automated and how much of it is just like people volunteering their time, but uh, Max, and you should definitely check this out, but when you do your tournaments, you have the information. Like You make it foolproof as much as possible, as much as humanly possible that I can think of. You, mm-hmm. you have like hotkeys and, and things. like Any question that's probably going to be like asked a tons of times, like how do I do this? How do I you know, update my score? Where do I go? Yeah. You, you, know, you, you either have something automated or you have somebody to answer that question for you uh, or you answer mm-hmm. it yourself. You know, that's, that's a huge component. Um, and then there's also the fact that you have a pre-existing community. You guys already have your own community and I, I don't, I think that's, that's, that's a great thing, in my opinion. So you already have some sort of a community where you... I'm not going to... There's a pool of players to pull from. Yeah, I don't want to use mm-hmm. businessy terms, but essentially, like, that's how my brain thinks because I've worked in sales for so long. You know, you have a, a pool of people who are already there communicating, talking, interested in you know, the target market for a tournament. And uh, you just let them know. Not all of them are going to be uh, Redditors or on your, your subreddit for sure, but enough mm-hmm. people that are on your community are also known outside of your community and you know, that word spreads. So I, th- I think personally, those are two factors uh, among many things that have helped you maintain and or grow. That's definitely true. Uh, especially that first thing you hit on is like, <laughs> I wrote this guide up a, a while back, uh, a couple weeks or so ago. I don't know how time works anymore. Uh, it's it, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like tomorrow gonna, next week. It like seriously that. is. Yeah, I, and I've Let's been laid it. off. I've been laid off for a while. So like I, furloughed right now. I'll have a job when things get better. But just like having that time, man, these days are just really running together. But so let's just call it five years ago <laughs> I remember, <laughs> or two weeks ago. Who knows? Uh, wrote this guide on on how to like set up an online tournament uh, because and like the one thing that I wanted to hammer home is that you have to make it super easy for the, your players to access the information. Uh, like as one of those things after running a tournament for as long as we have, you know, the questions that people are going to ask, you already know where people are going to fail or like not read ahead or not understand something is not clear. So like we already have, we've already set up things of, like when people say like checking in, they'll just say that on Discord, and 
like you said, we do have it automated of the bot to respond. If you say the, that specific word in that specific way, the bot's like, hey, uh, you don't actually check in on Discord because that's, that's not like an official way to check in. You have to go to the challenge. You need to sign in there. Uh, that's how you do it. If just by sen- That's because we've seen that problem so many times. Or right. having like the rules page or having quick commands that you know, a TO or, uh, or a player can do to bring anything up that they want. Uh, and all of that is like pinned in the Discord of here are the commands that you can use uh, for the players to access. Because you should set your tournament up in a way where if everyone reads the rules, then it should go super fine and super easy. But you also have to run it in a way that is assuming that no one has read the rules. So you have to really <laughs> pad set up yourself all the up corners. for failure almost. <laughs> or it's yeah, like- yeah. I've seen it, and this is only just from like again so many years doing it. Where I would actually, I would get like incensed that people would not read or like not know what to do. I'm like, it's only written here. So, but I'm like, I how could you miss it? But it's like (laughs) they just they they look at the Discord and it's just like, hmm, I want to look at that, and then they just move right on. Like, I want to play in the tournament. Put me in. I just have it in so many places. It's like, ah, how could you have just not but, message the mods? Please put me in the tournament. Yeah, but you can't. You just. It's one of those things where it's like I've seen it so many times. I'm like, I'm not even. I'm not even angry. I'm not even mad. This is just. This is a. This is just typical. This is just how people. This is just how humans are. So you have to foolproof it to make it available to everybody and accessible to everybody. Is, right is the issue. Okay. So you use Challenge instead of Smash.gg? Is that I what I heard right? Okay. Is there a reason why? There is. Uh, and the reason goes back to making it a positive player experience, making their use of the bracket service as easy as possible. Uh, I think Smash.gg, like, I'm not trying to hate on Smash.gg. I think it's a, an extremely capable site. It allows you to do so much more that you can't do on Challenge, uh, at least currently. Uh, But the major issue is that people have to use it. It is a (laughs) – I know that might sound backwards, but like when you think about – We've been running our tournaments on so we understand. We we really do. (laughs) It's because – assume this though. Like for your service or product, whatever you're doing – uh, maybe whoever is playing doesn't have their PlayStation or set up right next to a PC or having, they can only run the street fighter and they don't want to like alt tab out for whatever reason. They, it's harder for them to access child or your bracket service on a web page. Okay. Cause not everybody has that. That's not right. everybody has that luxury. So then they have to like, maybe they have to just use their phone for that. Okay, so now they're on their phone on the Discord and they're going back to Smash GG, which takes a while to load. Uh, which then, if they want to like report their score or whatever, it like it's a couple more clicks, and each click adds time. So the response time of something going wrong at a player level, like the screens that they had to go to, the pages that they had to load, uh, and then to tell the admin that this problem happened. And then your whoever's running the brackets like, okay, well, let me figure out what was going on. Then your admin has to go through and say, okay, check, check, check. And there's mm-hmm. like X number of screens they have to go to. Uh, and each screen is an extra load. And it adds that little bit of buffer time. It takes everything a little bit longer than what I've seen on Challenge is just everything is there. The rules are right there at the top. The bracket is right there. You click on the name, boom, in, done. Whereas there's just, it, to me, there's just those extra added steps where it can totally be functional and totally be fine in some instances, but for, in my opinion, cannot be run as smoothly for an online tournament. Uh, I think people just understand how to natively use Challenge and it's much snappier. It's more user-friendly. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. We It feels like every week we run into something different every time with Smash.gg. I swear. If it's yeah. just us not letting people register into tournaments into our reports just not going in, we can't start the tournament for some odd reason. Stuff like that mm-hmm. just happens and we're like... It's more involved, so there's more room for error, I think, is like the, the main thing. There there are some things where they they update glitches, because I will say, like, they're, they're cut, like, what do they call it? They're 
customer support or their customer service yeah. uh, is something different, but they're always super responsive. So despite mm -hmm. like the issues that I do have, they usually get resolved like super fast. But yeah, I do agree with the fact of things being user friendly because uh, that's what we'd use at our at our locals was always challenge but there's there's certain things that make it easier for a to <laughs> to, yeah. to host on smash gg so uh no, that's something i'm I gonna personally it. consider though i want to think about that because i, I always notice more viable challenge. options yeah yeah but yeah there's some things that i've been looking at and asking the the people at smash gg to figure out and then talking to a few programmers that know about apis that go over my head but that yeah. aside uh yeah you know we no, were talking about that so I want to kind of pick your brain about, you know, the, we could be here all day if I asked this question too generally, <laughs> but, you know, what are the top three things that you've learned from hosting a tournament? We'll, we'll, we'll just do the three, the top three things that have helped you grow. Okay. Um, I was actually thinking about this today, just at a kind of out of the blue. So I'm going to put this on, on the top. The number one thing that I've learned, uh, and this kind of hit me when I heard someone in the, in games criticism uh, like someone who like has a job in that this is like they're they're employed to do this uh, espousing that it's actually really difficult to run and operate a stream and like the number of things to run a good competent stream is actually quite difficult and I don't know what what it was about hearing that person say like who is in games to then just say I guess I didn't realize that it was like this hard to set thing or how time consuming it can be of I think that that has been one thing that I've learned a lot of, of, and it's hard to recognize all of the skills that you pick up when trying to operate a like a functional stream that has like like transitions, which has like showing different stuff, has different audio from different sources, uh, and everything is mixed well and it sounds good, uh, and having like non uh, copyright music or having like special animations or setting up all of this stuff that it takes time to set up and like sometimes costs money to have the equipment to run it or costs money to pay artists to do overlays for you. Like all of these nice things that a lot of people as a viewer would might just take for granted because that's just what entertainment is. These it's just, you can go anywhere and everything looks professional, but all of those little things that I picked up are like, I need, uh, I'll need to write some of this stuff down to share with people of how to even make like, running a bracket easy and because that's what we did it takes very few people to actually run an online tournament of understanding how the broadcast works but also being able to to and commentate at the same time is like this huge like juggling chainsaws bit that is like really like it's difficult to do it's just I, and run the stream yeah, yeah, all and run the stream. That's, three that's always the worst part, man. That when we're running our locals, man, it's a classic. Us TOs are also commentating, running the stream, and <laughs> getting the brackets going. It takes a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, I just think that that's it's not something that I've been really good at expressing how it is difficult or like how that skill has been learned over time, but like the ability to juggle all of that stuff at once and like the know how of computers and how do they work what's an internet uh and just having to figure out all of those little things like i unplugged a usb cable and everything my computer blew up what do now um <laughs> which is just something that and then just having the answer to that of oh i know how to fix this or it leads me to the the situation where people are like oh i'm trying trying to run the stream like what is my what what are possible solutions here and it's like oh i've run into this problem uh, and I solved it by doing a Google search, and there was like a Q and A from 15 years ago, uh, and, and there was three really different answer. answers, and yeah. there wasn't really an answer. So and I just kind of, yeah. I just kind of figured it out. I guess I don't know. The God, the amount of work. Time. But then, like, I specifically found this thing, and here's how you actually fix this problem. Uh, it's like something like I'm joking, but like that's I, it's I, real. It's right. real. <laughs> like this audio issue, something was happening. It's like, well, yeah, I've I've learned how that works now. Um, the hows and whys of how computers can fail us sometimes, which is good information to pass on. I'm looking. I'm working on something currently on how to like the technical know-how of how to run a broadcast. Mm. Uh, the you asked the th what are the three things right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay well that was one. that was one <laughs> uh, 
Oh, shit. Uh, the, the other thing that I've learned is uh, I don't want to drum on this too long, so we'll just say this again, but people management. And that goes back to knowing that people don't know what to do or where to go. Uh, and that, like I said earlier, is a learned skill of knowing exactly what questions people are going to ask about what you're doing before they even ask them to have a prepared answer, which like kind of goes back to like the reason why I wrote Geef's gym in the first place is like had so many people asking this question of, Hey, I'm walking forward. I can't throw a fireball at always sure you can. And it's like, well, we've always been asked that question. And that's a question as old as time. Uh, and I just wanted to have that answer ready for people to make like, my job as a moderator easier because we saw that question all the time. Uh, but yeah, just like that level of people management of uh, stupid proofing it uh, and then not being angry when, you know, they still, your kid bumps their head on the, on the thing that you've padded and they've somehow broke skins. Like how, how, how? did you even do it? How did you gain the momentum? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, Got you as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't have a child. I, oh, have, okay, a dog, okay, okay. I have a dog child, but uh, okay. I liken the children of RSF. That's that's what they've done. How oh, did they? Okay. <laughs> how was it that you've cut your monitor in half? Anyway, <laughs> uh, and then the final thing that I've, let's if we're keeping it to three, uh, the third skill that I've learned is actually like social media management and how important that can be to growing a. Uh, growing your hashtag brand, but also like growing interest in other people and players and getting as many people as interested as possible. Like uh, before we started recording this, uh, I knew that earlier in the day, the winner of last night's tournament to date this, Fanon uh, Setsu was like, hey, I'm going to stream. Uh, I'm going to look at all my matches from last night's tournament. Uh, and I was like, oh, shoot, I haven't. I was like doing like housework earlier today because that's what everybody's doing in, in these dire <laughs> times. Uh, I couldn't get to posting the VOD. So I was like, okay, shoot, I actually have to cut all these VODs right away and like make that list of the top placements, uh, get this graphic ready and get it out the door and link it to everybody. So everybody know and like have everybody tied into it so that they know all the VODs are up so that they can share their play with everybody. And so that he could use it later on in his broadcast, which should be like around now or whatever. But he has that now or like cutting clips of the players and making sure they're tagged in all the posts and just uh, just having them involved in that way to say, like, hey, what you did here was cool. I want to highlight that because uh, then that just helps everybody like everybody. It's feels good cool. For, yeah. And like when someone does something cool, it's like word that's mm -hmm. you deserve that little highlight. And I think that, right. you know, it's, it's a positive feedback there, loop. <laughs> Those are all three very. I, I I could expand on all those topics, but yeah, they, they definitely make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> man, I always enjoy talking to you. There's a lot, a lot of things that I can think about. But uh, I'll, I'll move on and stay on topic. Uh, what what is something that you would do differently? You know, you're already kind of established now. Sometimes we get confined into our boxes. So what's you know one or two things that you might do a little bit differently in terms of hosting your online tournaments? The thing that I would want to do differently about our tournaments. Um, I'll answer this in two ways. Uh, the first part, if I could talk to myself five years ago, I would just send a, a quick message that's like, don't be mad. <laughs> don't be mad that people don't read the rules and don't be mad that like, th like the broad, like don't put it in your head of the broadcast and what you're doing is important because all of the players and what they're doing is what makes this good. Like focus on that just right, and if we started doing that right out the get go, it would have just been such a more positive experience for such a longer time. That even though we're doing that now and have been doing that for a long time, uh, it's just like it could have, it could have just been so much more positive experience uh, years ago that it would save myself a lot more headaches of. <laughs> Again, being like, I can't believe you haven't read the rules. You said you asshole. <laughs> yeah, You're supposed yeah. to respect respect me and my tournament that I run, and it's like it's <laughs> this like added level of self importance to your tournament that's just like not necessary, and just have fun with it. Um, and then the other thing that I would say, like looking forward in the future, the things that I would change is like having, and I'm not like technically able to do this yet, and there isn't really a service that I've found to make this happen yet. Uh, 
but specifically in the downtime in the part of the the stream uh in between matches because that happens all the time especially earlier on in the tournament when there's a huge bracket uh and so so many matches happening all at once that you really can't share all at once is having some quick and easy way to one find people who are streaming their side of the tournament and then two be able to throw that up on screen and say, Hey, this person's streaming right now. This is their live side of the tournament. Let's like talk over this as it's happening. Uh, cause that could just be like a fun thing to do. And also give the, again, those players that extra level of like, Hey, like you could just go watch this now. If you want to, yeah, if you, the right. viewer want to go watch this, it's right here. And like, yeah. Cause you're yeah, waiting for another like, match to come up and you're like, yeah. And- there's no middle match like you. There's no middle match spectating in so many games. That's the most mm-hmm. frustrating part. Is you can't just jump into a game and just watch mid game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've I've filled that with that void with drinking. I don't know if that's healthy <laughs> or not. <laughs> Prob- probably not. So I don't like from a health that. perspective. I do not. <laughs> I do not recommend doing that. Please drink responsibly, <laughs> uh, and please treat treat your your body's temple. Don't do what I do to it every week. Just don't 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 do it. Don't do what I've become. I, I think you're I guess that would be the third thing of like that's like the third thing I would go back and say to myself like Hey, cool it on the boobs, man. Just, like, <laughs> just chill, man. Just chill. <laughs> your liver thanks you. No, yeah, uh, oh I, I think uh, the the best bet for you right now is probably an, a hashtag. Like, hey, if you're, uh, if, you're stream, yeah. if you're streaming this tournament, you know, use hashtag and your link, and, and like you can just join in. That's the only thing I can think of off the top of the, the dome. Oh, that yeah, that'd be pretty good. And then finding so, some way media, to like so. pull that back around, for like from social media to like again a thing that I would be able to see in front of me while all of these just other plates multi, are spinning. Yeah, you might need like a moderator to like send you like <laughs> yeah. feed you links or something like. Got a hundred streams going. You're like, okay, that one, pull it. <laughs> yeah, like which? Yeah, I want to be like the guy at the end of. I want to be Colonel Sanders at the end of the Matrix, <laughs> watching, but like sitting back and just watching all of these streams, being like, ah, yes, this one is. Yeah, we'll pull that in, and they just all become Keanu Reeves's face. Really, I just want to turn my stream into a hundred screens of Keanu Reeves's face. Uh, That's really great. what I want. The Matrix, man, let's go. I'm ready for the next new one. Matrix. Well, actually, that gets into the topic real quick of of. Uh, having a team and delegating because uh, I I don't yeah. do it all alone. I can't take all the credit. I, I run the stream for uh, two tournaments. I technically TO only one and then Max and sometimes a few other people will TO the Dragon Ball tournament. Uh, the way ours works is we actually have multiple tournaments throughout the day happening. I don't stream all of them. It's just, it's all done through the Discord and we all kind of communicate and it's a, a basically like mm-hmm. our weekly um, that we used to have because it was basically the same thing. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to get into the topic because you you know you have um, oh I can't he's an artist that helps out you know loves Mika oh quasi quasi yes, X you know he he's he's on there I believe he's a moderator at least on the Discord um, and mm-hmm. uh, I think you have a few other people and you have regular commentators so what's been your experience with uh, delegation is that even the right term and you know how do you what what recommendations do you have for that so the way that I've always run things is and I also wish I could like. It's one of those things where I wish that I could pay all of these people money, but like we don't have like an income from the tournament, and like it, I can't regular I can't regularly pay them. Let's say that I can pay them for like I will throw some money their way like occasionally just to be like hey like this we, we had a, like a windfall here like and I appreciate your services, but like like one you can pay people, and I would recommend doing that if you have the the means like within setup with like how your income outflow is like whatever your balance sheet looks like. Anyway, uh, the other part is we have things set up in our tournament. Like I said, you, no one person can run it alone. Uh, I always say that you're pulling from like, you know, how to do like th- three things, but like you only do two of them well in this instance. And you can either commentate broadcast, be like entertaining. Uh, you could like, make the stream work and the bracket work, or you could like talk to the people like and running it. Right. You can only do two of those at once. So like I can either be commentating and pulling people into matches, uh, which is even still like kind of a juggle. Uh, or I could be not commentating and looking at matches and being in the discord and like being like hands on with like making sure players are getting the matches they want or, uh, like talking to players and also saying things but like the broadcast, not being like not really paying attention to the broadcast. Uh, you can really only do so 
get three people uh, and and then have some sort of shared ability between all three of them, right? Like I'll be – that's why I have a co-commentator to pick up when I'm like, okay, I have to be hands-off for a second to go do something else uh, so then they can pick up and kind of carry things forward. Uh, or And then also just have one person that's just dedicated to doing TO stuff because it's like, well, if that one person dedicated to it, uh, I like to have it like one person in the bracket per 64 entrance uh, or 32 entrance. Really, it would like be ideal if you have that much help. Uh, that's really the scope of how much one person can really manage. Beyond that, it gets like really kind of haywire, which is for us is like round one is always the most hectic and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, like, yeah, start time. Y- y- yeah, like things there's a lot of stutter steps at the start of every tournament. It just happens and making sure that play again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, making sure players expect there to be that little first round stumble somewhere, just so that they know it's like, oh yeah, this might not start directly at eight o'clock, obviously, because XYZ has to happen. So again, arming your players with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh then uh yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of commentators that come in and out. And I, again, if this is anyone out there listening that wants to commentate for our tournaments, at least ev- everyone who has commentated for our tournament has one thing in common, and it's that they asked that they could do it. Uh, I, I always like to give everybody a shot of like, of course you can come on. Like, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, bad things could happen. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but I like I like to believe in people and make sure that like but also like I have the ability to cut off. You mean yeah, the second they say something or not. Yeah. Wow. I've only had to kick All people right. off of a not stream once, off of commentary once. I don't know if you were there for that, Max. Was I? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I can't recall. Third smash for um, this tournament. Let a kid uh the kid that won the tournament wanted to commentate uh before he won the tournament. And like mm. we had to kick him off like mid match. It was that bad. I, <laughs> oh that's man, that's no good. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a can be rough. scenario. Yeah, you might have been upstairs operating the stream actually, Max. I think yeah, that might have been the case. Yeah, you were focused <laughs> on the, on what you're supposed to be doing. So uh, yeah. So anyways, okay. Um, then the other yeah. the other part of that is that the like I said, we've hosted so many times. The, the, so many of the players that come back already know what's going on, and they know that to make things go smoothly like yeah i'll help out or something or like hey i'll just i saw someone ask this question so i'll answer it i'm just in the i'm just hanging out here mm-hmm. uh and just having that history and, and time, spending that time with people uh has been like problems kind of take care of themselves over time but again this is like from my perspective of like having done it for so long that it's kind of hard for me to think about how you would encourage that kind of behavior if you're just starting out. Uh, but if there's any way to like incentivize that, I would maybe try and go after that of like, Hey, just be helpful. Yeah. Just be nice to people. Treat them, treat them like people, you know, and eventually everybody else will just be nice. Or maybe even just like highlights of someone during on stream or something like some little things like that of just showing acknowledgement to the people who are involved to like get them, you know, just, it's good to be acknowledged for like the work that you do, which is why anytime that I, like I always call out, like this is our TO tonight. Here's who's on mic. Uh, mm. and I've been doing that in Twitch clips as well recently of like also tagging the commentators. Uh, mm. This was an idea brought up to me by no Grammy, who was a, uh, a very common commentator on the East coast, but then he had like moved out to the West coast. Now he's like doing stuff with the West coast here, whatever he's got going on out there. Uh, but he was like, hey, just like tag the commentators because like like we like the credit too. And it real. helps us find out like Yeah, yeah commentary like, yeah, real. Exactly. It helps mm. them find places where they've commentated before. It's like, well, That's big right, brain. like Yeah. So then just like getting them involved and it, it, again, just giving people a little pat on the back. It's it's good to be acknowledged and and welcomed within a community. Cool. Um this is kind of a side question, but I'm legitimately curious about this. I think that your community is one of the most productive or most, they're the best with feedback. Uh, mm. I, I don't think anybody would really argue that. Uh, what's, what do you think has helped with that kind of environment? Like what, what, what helped them be like so productive and helpful and like share this tech information, everything? The, one of the major things, 
and this will seem less obvious, uh, is to cut out the people who would silence those voices. Uh, and I've seen this in a lot of discords, uh, in a lot of, you know, like just like chatting communities where one or a group of people, let's say like a little clique of people will be overbearing in the conversation and it might not even be overbearing. It's just that they're like constantly going and like mm. it is like they're doing like whole side conversation stuff, which even if there's like 200 people in the room, even if someone has something cool to say or like add to it, they already see this line of text going. It's like, well, this is already happening. So I don't really need to, this is just not, I don't feel like I'm part of this because there's just this like toxic level of, of chat happening. It's like spam chat, not really spam chat. I mean, I mean, it could be in some instances like you really have to get those people out of your community, but it's like things are like taken over. You have to really manage that stuff. And be able to manage people of like, hey, what you're doing could uh, really make it so like X Y Z people wouldn't feel comfortable here. So like, can you cool it? And if they don't, then you have to ban them from your community. Uh, Which is and tough I part. like, mm-hmm. I like to have a zero tolerance co- uh, policy, policy with that, uh, just because it it is not even at like a, if even if they are great top players, because like I can't. It is not worth having their play to for like the negatives that they bring to a community, even yeah. if they don't realize it and like aren't thinking of it in that way and take it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you present it to them that way of like, hey, like this is happening and like this is like negatively impacted people. Like this is how it affects you if you like appeal to them in that way and it's still come. It's just not worth it. It's not yeah. worth having that that kind of pull if it if it means sending people away that would otherwise have a good time and enjoy themselves um makes sense yeah i, I can tell by the tone of your voice is not a very fun topic to talk about i i've only had to do it, it one never time. is never and, is uh, yeah it, well it's just it's that it's always complicated and that i don't know it's, it's never easy things, yeah well well no one even the person that you're talking to often t- like no one ever is the villain of their own story. They're always the hero. And so someone has to play the villain. And, but there are also ways to do it that like, it, you don't have to come across as like, you just have to appeal to them in a way that makes sense. Right. Yeah. But, Obviously you want to you know give, give people a chance and stuff like that. But yeah, that makes a hundred percent sense what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, on sorry. to hopefully a more a more light topic. <laughs> so I, I was, that was a good answer. I appreciate that. Uh, so obviously we're all stuck at home, right? And the mm-hmm. whole sporting activity, entertainment right now is, is done. You know, I think maybe wrestling is trying to make a comeback, but other than that, sports yeah. <laughs> hasn't been happening for a while. I think that's weird, but that's no side. Uh, esports yeah. though has been, I think, thriving. You know, there's been more online events. You know, obviously we talked about NLBC mm-hmm. and um, Wednesday night fights. But yeah. what do you think? You know, obviously, there's a lot of question marks right now, but I just want to know like your, your hot take on what the future of esports might hold or, or online tournaments, whatever it might be. Because I work in, in a little bit of both. So uh, I do kind of have a hot take on this. Uh, Ooh. But I'll not get to the hot take right away. We'll, we'll hold it off for, for just a moment. Okay. Um, what I will say to start out, though, is I want to commend uh, – Evo for their Evo online and how they've chosen to run their open bracket tournaments. Uh, They chose good games with, they chose fighting games with really great net code that could support a, a large open bracket event uh, where it would even be possible for that to happen. Uh, And that they've, they've done much smaller like exhibition tournaments like for the games that don't have good net code. Uh, so like they have a much better picture of like, here's how we can get these people connected. We know that we can run good viable, like entertaining matches that like have a competitive edge to them. Uh, but still like maintain, you know, not make it go crazy of like full East coast to West coast because their games can't support it. Um, so I'll give credit to that. The the thing that I that I don't like is that 
for all of these companies, for all of fighting games for so long, even since like you could look back to 2009, uh, is that the next step forward has always been online tournaments. It's always been the next step, but there's there's so many things holding it back, uh, whether that's the games themselves with their netcode, whether that's community adoption, uh, or, I mean, the real way of, like, it is quantifiably better. You quantifiably better at learning the games when you're at a local uh, than you, you are in an online environment. It's just, it is different the way that you play the game at a local versus online. And the way that people communicate locals is different. It's easier to learn a game at a local. So like that kind of holds things back as well. But I would also say with that third point that having and going and attending a local is not mutually exclusive to having good valuable online tournament experiences like we mentioned it earlier, but like there's a ton of people who enter NLBC and go there week after week that frequent our East coast tournaments because I mean, NLBC, it hosts this environment where it is, they're going after the competition. They want strong competition uh, and they know where to find it every week. And there, it's not going to stop them whether it's online or in person it's just more experience for them. Uh, so it's, it's not a surprise to me that like we would have a lot of overlap of players. Uh, the, the double hot take with that is that for all, for fighting games, like think about who the market of fighting games is for. And like, think of the types of players that would be involved or go after it where versus how the games actually sell is that more players actually probably don't actually care about perfect net code and they don't actually care about improving. Uh, they just want to play the game in a like a good easy to find online situation. Like they want to get back into that match. Like think about I don't know, uh I think for um, PUBG uh, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like you die, boom, doesn't matter I'm in the next game. Like right. we're there. I'm just we're rolling into it. And the way that fighting games are designed is is not that way. It is not a positive, good, friendly, like easy to use experience for most fighting games. And it's like these are the biggest companies with the biggest budget spending on these huge games. And like the only one that kind of has done it right at that level is like MK and I would even group KI into that. KI is a pretty huge game. Uh, they had like some ass behind it. Uh, in terms of budgeting uh, versus other games that are, I'm not just like avoiding naming like Skullgirls or like them's fighting hurts, but like the budgets for those games were just different. So I'm just like yeah. talking about like the echelon of like it's like triple versus, yeah. versus yeah. you know triple yeah. indie yeah. indie titles. It is weird. Yeah, it is weird to say like tr like the, the line between triple A games and indie titles is so blurred. Like well, these I, days, at least it's for weird. The quality of the game, of the quality of the game is blurred. <laughs> but like, I, yeah, we don't we don't consider triple A. You know the quality of the game itself. It's the quality of the the company. The, the company, yeah, the, the company developer. that makes it. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're Capcom right making it. That's AAA. There, there's not too many other. I don't know if I should say this. Or, we'll research it first, but I don't think there's too many other genres out there where an indie game can have. Uh, Unless you count Riot originally, uh, but not too many indie games that have. Oh, my a, favorite a indie developer, like Riot. <laughs> Everybody's favorite indie developer, I mean, Riot. The, the way they started off was kind of indie, but now they're like, you know, I put into their Kickstarter giant, a giant corporation, you know. So it's really, it's yeah. really interesting to see how that develops over time. No, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, it just it goes to show that games that have better netcode show just better results over time. And now. show that people enjoy those games more. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I well, guess yes, that's a hot yes take. And no. Yes it's and no. It's a hot take. It's like games that like have it as a it, it's easier to get matches and feel. I don't know. Eh, maybe it is. Maybe. I mean, if you look like at Killer Instinct, right? People yeah. have been playing that game since the game started, and well, people are still playing it even before you know Capcom or I'm sorry, Evo sh showed that they were going to do some open. I mean, that's Turn true, that. but if you were to think back in that time, like, like even like back in like the Street Fighter 4 era of like people who are playing Street Fighter were fucking, I'm oh, sorry, can I swear here? I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I should have asked that a long time ago. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, 
were huge jerks to like anyone who wasn't <laughs> playing Street Fighter. Like that, is, that isn't the fighting game. And then look at us today. That was some huge like, elitist stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was like way back then, right? Like yeah, like decades ago. Well, not decade, but like a decade ago. <laughs> a like decade. we're still here. Like now, look at us in 2020, being like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play this game because it's like, it's a pretty good act. Like <laughs> I'm going to play them fighting hers. Cause let me, let me ask cool. you this though. Do I, don't you see, think- I don't see many people playing street fighter four at all. Here's like the other thing. Ain't no yeah. like street fighter four online. <laughs> like that's shit. That's not happening. We're okay, doing KI. Real quick, Cause it's like, this actually does bug me a lot. Like I don't understand. Like melee still has a strong community, right? I don't understand mm-hmm. how there's so many street fighter players that complain about five or a four or three third strike. But aren't playing it actively. Like, why aren't you hosting tournaments for? Her? Why aren't you like participating in tour? Like, I go, you can obviously melee is like way older. I know there's like way more stuff involved in it, but it's just like it's something that kind of okay. What would you consider? What would you consider is the definitive version of Third Strike? Then me? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not the person to ask that question. Yeah, sure. because <laughs> like in that sense, if they want to run it like melee, there. Stuff like Marvel 2 as well, you know, it's just no, tough. Online, that's a whole different thing. I was talking about like, well, local even like locally, yeah, yeah. right? Even Maybe locally, it's that. still, it's rough because to find the definitive version that people want to actually run and play. Oh, yeah, you want to have it on the ROMs. You want to have, you want to run it that way or like through Fightcade. That's the, re- that's the, a true, only a true gamer would know. <laughs> Uh, even though like they'll Capcom will sell that game to you a bunch of times. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> like, in a bunch of different think- ways. Do you think this is a wake-up call for thir- uh, for AAA developers in terms of their netcode with Evo? I hope so, but I don't think it will be, is, yeah. is my honest-to-goodness answer, is that yeah. because look at it this way, and here's where I get the most angry and most honoring, <laughs> is that let's just say four years ago, for the last four years, I've been hounding... Everyone I know at Capcom, and I have offered to help uh, running online tournaments for them uh, free of charge. I would just want to do it because I believe. You want to see it done well? Well, for the, I've been a big believer in online tournaments for a long time. I mean, this is like two or three-ish years. We had already been running tournaments of like, okay, we have the experience. Let us like impart some of that knowledge to you this company because like even back then i was looking at their online rules being like ooh, they kind of oh they're whiffing here a little bit in in a couple the olympics well here's the thing though is that a lot of the rules that are were written for the olympics have been rules since like four years ago and it hasn't changed they haven't been any more specific or like any they haven't changed their thought processes for that long a time even after being like, here's how you would do it better. Like you just take this step and it's, you'll be good. Don't worry. (laughs) This is one weird trick to make your players actually enjoy their experience instead of having four years of really, really bad online CPT events, like online ranking events. Show me a pro player who's had a good experience during that time. All I can remember is for online ranking events is not watching the broadcast is seeing the tweets afterwards from Mm -hmm. all of the pros being like, this was trash. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways to avoid that for years. We could have been avoiding that. And instead, no, uh, it took a pandemic for them to think about it. I don't think so. I don't (laughs) think that they have because they've pushed back the Olympics and they still haven't changed any of the rules. They still haven't put any more thought into what it would take to run that event from an online perspective. And I am, the, it's, we it's, have the answers I've written it down. You can read it with your eyes, but I mean, sorry. I don't know. Nope, don't want to look at it. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. I remember Damien and I talking about, uh, back when we talked about when the Olympics were first shown up for SF5 and rocket league that we were talking about cross platform too. We're like, guys, come on. Like you have multiple games across multiple platforms and like, you don't want to share the, experience within all of them why do we have to cut these off with and if you want to do online tournaments why are we cutting off these people that want to play the game because they don't have the specific platform that you want it to be on i don't know what the answer is for rocket league (laughs) but there was that whole issue of like the way that people can enter the street fighter five but then like playing a local LAN match uh 
<laughs> at the finals. Like, that's not why. Here's the thing: is that, and I I believe this to be true: is that they either don't they care. There are there are definitely tons of people who care, uh, but the people who are selling and pitching the product from the marketing departments of big games, like specifically Street Fighter at Capcom, uh, is that they don't understand their product. There's a a deep misunderstanding of what they want, how they want to use their product, and what their product is capable of. Even after like years and years of, I mean, even our Street Fighter running feedback threads of tell us what you think is bad about the game and we will forward it to our friends. Uh, and our friends have been like, this is super helpful in our in our meetings. But at the same time, only a couple of steps have really been taken and they haven't really taken the large steps that they need to take to use their product like the global online fighting game that they want it to be. Hmm. So... Real quickly, what what are some things you'd like to see? That's that's the last question I'll ask. Is what what are the things that you, uh, a few Ooh. of the things that you'd like to see? <laughs> we'll do your top three. God, okay. Top um, three. Top three. Okay. So for the top three, the first one is obvious. I mean, like obviously, like good netcode. Like we had the Ultimore patch, which worked extremely well with really far connections. It had huge issues to it. It was forcing. Uh, resyncs like every frame, which caused problems and slowdown further on. Uh, with um, when you played it on like certain like certain PCs or like even PS4, but I mean when it was cross-platform between PS4, it didn't work at all. Uh, then there was like the fluffy sheet mod, which like kind of helped cross-play a little bit, but wasn't like as good as the Ultimate patch. But we know it is possible. We know that someone took the didn't without this having access to the source code made the net code good for Street Fighter Five made it ex, like extremely good and in a short amount of time too. Well, yeah, I mean, I talked. I mean, he, he it took him two days to work on. I did a whole episode with that guy and talked <laughs> to him for like an hour and a half. Oh, really? Like the specific yeah, right, ins and outs right. for that. So, like, it's it's a little more involved than that. But regardless, it is a possible. It's a possibility and. That would be the, oh, please, like, if you can make good netcode, obviously make good netcode. That's, like, the obvious number one. The number two is having that UI be good and usable in-game. Most people won't understand this from, because they've never tried to run an online tournament, and that's fine, Uh, is that when you add so many players to your favorites list, to try to pull them into the lobby to be streamed in the broadcast. Uh, the way that the names are even ordered is wild. And there's like no way to communicate with them as a player that's inside the game. It all has to be outside the game. There's no product here that you can use and just have it like right here. Boom. I'm here doing this thing. I got pinged from someone. So it's all right here. I don't have to go through a different chat service, uh, to then go to a different bracket service to then go to the, the actual game. Like we're using like three different things yep. to in game chat. That's <laughs> yeah, we, that's yeah. You can, you can use stickers though. Think about that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh my God. So like in game communication, but like the other thing, like the specific thing that people won't, know about if they haven't don't have a big long friend friends list or favorites lists like like i have over the years of it there's so many names on that list right specifically the way with street fighter 5 it's it's the worst craziest thing ever i don't know if you noticed this but the way that the names are ordered one might think alphabetically would be a pretty good way to do things that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but instead, they've gone with this really obscure Dewey Decimal system where it's by what menu the player is in, by what time they entered that particular menu. So if someone's in, like, the, the base menu will say menu, and here's, like, the first person who's in the menu. Second, therefore, if they're in the training room, okay, well, here's the time with which they've entered the training room. It doesn't list it, but I know that to be true because I know people who have just entered like the training room or whatever. And it's like, okay, this person's there now. Like, and he's listed here because this other person was there before they're in rent. It's why would anybody have that be the way that any names are listed? That's not usable to a human being. 
that doesn't help a human being find a name at all. That's the worst thing ever. And the other part of that is that you have so many people, you can page down, page down, page down, but then you get through like 150 names or whatever it is. I don't know at this point it stops scrolling and you have to press down to enter like a whole second secret part of your list where so the mm. list has to continue down. It's, it's, it's a terrible, experience. It's a it's a terrible experience. It's, it's like they made it and we're like, will a person ever use this? Probably not. Cause we've never <laughs> tested it on a human being. Cause a human <laughs> being would have said, wait a minute. This is, this, this is, this is awful. Wow. I'm not, a, I'm it's insane. They can't be uh, esports if they don't have esports uh, ease of access. It's it's, it's oh terrible ease of they access. They have the esports skins. Uh, do. Was that the third thing or the second thing that I that said? Was second. I can't, rem- can't <laughs> remember at this point. Uh, and then the the third thing is just to have like I I want people to buy in and like have a good. I want people to have a good experience because there is good experiences out there. You can, it can be done. And like, I'm not even saying there's like, we're the only ones that do it. There are tons of other people who run good online tournaments that like, it is a good worthwhile experience. Uh, and from like the top level down of like the pros who compete, you don't see them saying positive things about it. I would liken a guest to say it cause they've never had a good experience, even though good experiences are out there. Uh, so I kind of I just want everybody to get on board and have a good time so that we can all move forward together and not just like having the stutter step of okay well this is good well does the community adopt this no it's just it's it, it's all been here for years <laughs> I don't know I think the number one thing for me I would love uh, games to just stop doing specifically with uh, Arc System is the lobby systems that they have I think they're utter trash and I think yeah. they I. Just throw it away. I don't care. I don't want it. Make it a normal lobby system like every other game. I, I really don't want that. If I could take anything out of Dragon Ball, that would be it. Please. I would just God. like to pick my lobby before I hop into it. That's all. Let I me want. just invite somebody <laughs> into my own game, man. Like, is that okay. too much to ask for? <laughs> so we. Yeah, because again, that becomes like a, a secondary experience of like the people not knowing how their products can or should be used. Uh, in that way, you just, people just aren't thinking about that stuff. So get that in the minds of the developers to then but also because people aren't asking those questions or like really thinking about like, well, here's here's how like we're actually using because there's not a whole ton of people like running big online tournaments where it would be a nightmare to be like, OK, you have to be in this server. Excuse me. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do I even get there? Setting up the Dragon uh, Ball tournaments are a pain in the ass sometimes. It adds this whole extra layer of obfuscation that doesn't need to be there and then causes a bad experience. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's really important right now considering how popular online yeah. online gameplay is in general, online tournaments. I think yeah. it'd be a great idea for a lot of them to, to reflect on this. I, I, I'm rooting for Capcom because I like, I like their games. They make great games, but they also sometimes seem to just completely ignore certain things like they have blinders on so capcom i know i know you saw i know you i know you know who i am now but <laughs> please, <laughs> please uh you know work on this stuff if you can I'd, I'd, it'd be great but anyways joe where can people find your tournament or like what's the best way to reach out to you in your tournaments i mean well people can find me uh i'm like on twitter at super joe monday or at reddit sf is like the main account specifically on Twitter if that's what you use uh, but if you just head on over to our Street Fighter any day that there's a tournament and there'll be a post of it somewhere it'll be either sticky to the top or somewhere on our Street Fighter so you can just go there uh, or just hop in the Discord which there's it's posted on a ton of different things it's probably easy to find if you just search our Street Fighter uh, and we have like a reminder for people every time that there's every day that there's a tournament for people who are like I'm assigned to East Coast, West Coast, or EU, or what have you. Uh, and they'll be pinged on that day. So, like, you'll get a reminder on the day of tournaments. Uh, or just, like, find us at twitch.tv slash redditfighting. Uh, and it's always funny for me to say all of those names because they're all different. Because the <laughs> brand, the after being like, yeah, like, all of your branding should be all the same. It should be easy to find you. And then, like... 
I wasn't the one who set up any of this stuff years ago. I, I have just adopted all of this stuff from like four different people who have made four different accounts. So it's like, okay, I guess this is what we have to use. But Reddit fighting on Twitch. But yeah, that's about it. That's where you could find us. Cool. Max, what about you? What you got going on? Um, I plan on getting my stream back up and going. Twitch.tv slash Megamaxstar. Still got my YouTube, YouTube.com slash Megamaxstar. That's about all I got. Oh, Twitter.com as cool. well. So, All right. I'll have my links in the description. You guys can definitely check that out or the show notes, depending on where you're listening to this. Again, Joe, thank you so much for joining the show and talking about this. Hopefully, aspiring TOs and other tournament organizers, big and small, can learn from this. There's a lot of information. He's been doing this for years. So uh, definitely look him up. Uh, great information. As always, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you all in the next one. Mm-hmm.